Section 19 of Edmund Dantes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings on the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Edmund Dantes by Edmund Flagg. Chapter 17. The Revolution Begins. Tuesday, the 22nd of February, the birthday of the immortal Washington and the first of the three days of the French Revolution of 1848, broke darkly and gloomily on Paris. The night had been tempestuous, and the wind still drove the sleet through the leafless trees of the Champs-Élysées and howled drearily along the cheerless boulevards. The streets were dismal, desolate, and deserted. Here and there, however, through the gray light of the winter dawn, could be caught the semblance of a figure closely muffled, whether for concealment, disguise, or protection from the biting blast was doubtful, stealing along, these figures often met and exchanged ominous signs of recognition. Is a procession still to take place? asked one of another of these persons, pausing for an instant as they hurried along. Yes, was the empathetic answer. Dupont, Lamartine, and sixteen others who are faithful are resolute. And the rendezvous? Is the Place de la Concorde. And the hour? Twelve. Whereupon the conspirators parted. Gradually, the number of persons in the streets increased as the morning advanced. Chiefly, these were artisans, lads, blousons, and workmen. Whither so early this disagreeable morning? cried a peaceable-looking shopman of the Rue de Rivoli, who was taking down his shutters for the day to a friend who was hurrying by. I don't exactly know where I'm going, was the reply. We were all roused at daybreak in the Cartier Saint Honoré by the rappel, and so I happened to be awake. And are the National Guard turning out in good numbers? No, they don't turn out at all. The drummers are followed by a crowd of gamin in blouses, who shout, Vive la Reform, and sing the Marseillaise. The National Guard don't turn out, cried the alarmed shopman. Then I'll not take down my shutters. And as his friend moved on to the Madeleine, he took the precautionary measure he had spoken of. At nine o'clock, Troops were in motion all over Paris, and the roll of the drum was heard in every street. At ten o'clock, ten thousand men were assembled at the Madeleine. Is there to be a banquet? asked one of another as they met on the Rue Royale. No, it is a procession. The people are to march to the Chamber of Deputies and sing the Marseillaise. All the avenues to the Palais Bourbon and the part of the place around the Madeleine were now occupied by the 21st Regiment of the Line and mounted municipal guards. Before the chamber deputies was marshalled, a squad of dragoons and a battalion of the 69th Regiment of Cursiers stood ready to charge on the throng. At eleven o'clock, two thousand students in blouses from the Parthenon were joined by an immense column of workmen from the Faubourg, and having fraternized in the Place de la Concorde, advanced in perfect order in procession, led by National Guards, shouting the Marseillaise in the hymn of the Girondin. Slowly and solemnly, moved the vast mass up the Rue Royale to the Pont de la Concorde, leading to the place of the Chamber of Deputies. At twelve o'clock, the vast arena between the Chamber of Deputies and the Madeleine contained thirty thousand people. Along the railing of the church was drawn up a regiment of horse. A man, in a tricolored sash, three times read the summons and ordered the crowd disperse. The order is disregarded. The charge is sounded. The dragoons rush with sheathed sabers on the mass. Again and again they charge, 
but they cut down none. All at once a heavy cart with a powerful horse is discovered. The people seize it. The horse is lashed into fury. He rushes on the double line of dragoons and the chassiers. A breach is made. The crowd dash through. Some rush up the steps of the chamber deputies. They force the gates. They even enter the hall. Then, suddenly, panic-stricken, at their own audacity, they rush back. At this moment, along the Quai d'Orsay, gallops up a strong detachment of the mounted municipal guard, led by General Perrone Traverse Sebastiani, brother of the marshal and uncle of the unhappy Duchess of Praslin. A charge was ordered. The crowd was driven over the bridge, and the municipal guard, a company of dragoons, and the squadron of Hussar took up position at the foot of the obelisk of Luxor. Long live the dragoons! shouted the people. Down with the municipal guard! accompanied by hootings, groans, shouts, and showers of stones. The troops with sheathed sabers charged. One of the immense fountains afforded the gunmen a place of shelter. Suddenly the flood of water was let on, and they fled. Thus began the revolution. One o'clock tolled from the tower of the Madeleine. The area was clear. Cavalry patrolled the boulevards. Infantry, bearing besides their usual arms, implements for demolishing barricades, axes, adzies, and hatchets. Each soldier, one upon his knapsack, followed. At two o'clock, at the Hôtel de Affaires Etrangers, at the corner of the Rue Capucine and the Boulevard, an immense mass of men ebbed and flowed like tides of the sea, and a tempest of shouts, groans, and choruses to national songs arose. A commissary of police in colored clothes, and with a tricolored sash, led a body of municipal guard into the court. Deliberately, they charged their muskets with ball. In the name of the law, shouted the commissary. Vive la ligne, responded the people, as they slowly retired. Away, cried a trooper to a blouse, in the Place de la Concorde, at the corner, near the Turkish embassy. Away, I'll cut you down. Will you, coward, replied the artisan, calmly, with folded arms. At that moment, a body of the people rushed on the municipal guards, and drove them for safety into their barracks. Then they fled themselves to avoid the fusillade of the enraged troops. On the Pont de la Concorde, the people stopped the carriage of a ministerial deputy and saluted him with groans. The next moment, Armand Morast, of Le National, approached and was most rapturously cheered. The money-changers, those seers of Napoleon, scented not yet the revolution. On Friday, the three percents were seventy-five francs, Eighty-five centimes. On Tuesday, they opened at seventy-three francs, ninety centimes, and closed at seventy-four francs. The day advanced. The republican and communist power augments in a systemized order. Paris swarms with insurgents. Bakers' and gunsmiths' shops are plundered. Barricades are thrown up. A column rushes down the Champs Elysees, and having been repulsed, an escalade of the railings of the Chamber of Deputies retires shouting the Marseillaise and a chorus from the new opera of the Girondin, Morier pour la Patrie. At dusk, a deputation of students at the office of Le National presents a petition for the impeachment of the ministry. That impeachment had already taken place. What news? shouted a student to a workman as he hurried along. There has been fighting in the Faubourg, St. Marceau. Half a dozen municipal guards have been carried wounded to the hospital of Val de Grace, and a captain was killed. And is it true that the guard has been disarmed on the Rue Geoffrey in Langevin, in a gunmaker's shop near the Porte Saint-Martin broken into and rifled? 
I hadn't heard of that, was the hurried reply. But I hear this, that the guardhouses in the Champs-Élysées had been taken, and the troops driven off, and that lamps and windows had been torn down. At that moment, another workman rushed along. The news, shouted the student and the first workman. The railing of the Church of the Assumption has been torn away by the people to supply arms. Two women of the people have been crushed by a charge of the municipal guard. The shop of the page, the armorer, and the rue Richelieu has been entered by means of the pole of an omnibus and used as a battering ram, and barricades rise on the rue Saint-Honoré. At three o'clock, a column of people dashed down the boulevards, smashing lamps and breaking shop windows. In the rue Saint-Honoré and the rue de Rivoli, an omnibus and two carriages were seized to aid in erecting a barricade. A guardhouse in the Champs-Élysées was burned. The troops at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs were increased. No one was suffered to pass. A municipal guard was dismounted and nearly killed by the people. The crowd in the Rue Royale had become so dense that it was impossible to pass to the Place de la Concorde. The troops charged. The people gave way. Some were wounded badly, but still rose to the shouts, Vive la Ligne! Down with the municipal guard! In the Place Vendôme stood a regiment of the line. There was the hotel of Monsieur Hubert, the minister of justice, and Monsieur Hubert was hated by the people. Down with Herbert, the inventor of moral complicity, yelled the populace, but they made no attack. It was ten o'clock at night. Many of the shops were closed, but the cafés and restaurants were thronged. From time to time the shouts, Down with Gazot! and Vive la Reform! were heard, and also the roll of drums as a body of troops passed along. Knots of individuals gathered around the doors of baker shops, and while they eagerly ate their bread and sausage, as eagerly denounced Gazot and the ministry. But all was comparative order in Paris. End of section 19